Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. As Mark testified and said, the reason you can face tomorrow and all of its uncertainty is because he's still on the throne. And uh, I'm thankful for that. And the great thing about it is this morning he has no rivals. Uh, Satan and his deception may try to uh, give the perception that God has rivals, but he has no rivals. And uh, there'll be no one. He'll give his glory to none other. And Satan may have tried, but his, his head has already been bruised by the Son of God. And I'm thankful for that. And ultimately one day that rain will be visible and very evident and very clear. And I'm thankful for that this morning. I'm thankful to be a part of the, the kingdom of God. And if you, have, if you have your Bible this morning, we're going to be back in Acts chapter number 16. Acts chapter number 16. The reason we're here, just again, if you've not been with us, as I mentioned in the opening, uh, Philippians small group study, which will be happening on Wednesdays, but also we'll be studying Philippians here in the sanctuary. And uh, here in Acts 16, you're going to see the birth of that church, and specifically the verses we're studying uh, this morning, how the church at Philippi was conceived, established. Out on our sign, it'll say, uh, when this church was established, well, we're going to get to read when the church at Philippi was established as we go into that study, and I think that just makes it so much more lifelike, helps us to see the, the story behind the church, and, and just helps us connect to the New Testament, uh, but also powerful verses of Scripture here, and uh, even later in this chapter of the story that many people know when Paul and Silas uh, worshiped the Lord in the middle of pri- in the middle of their jail cell, and then the Lord got them out of prison, and the Philippian jailer was saved, and uh, it's a very powerful verse of Scripture we're able to read, but also very relevant to, to where we're heading in the coming weeks uh, as a church, and uh, so I'm thankful for the Word of the Lord this morning, and we'll be, we'll be looking at verses 6 through 15, clearly you can see I did not enter my title on the slideshow, but uh, the title is that of the soul winners, what we're looking at this morning, the soul winner. So if you would, I ask you to stand with me this morning, Acts chapter number 16, And we'll begin reading in verse number 6, where the Bible says this, Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, surely gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city, of that part of Macedonia and a colony, and we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spoke unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity that we have to come together. And Lord, just thank you for freedom to be here. 
God, I'm thankful for your word and the power of it, Lord. I'm confident in what it says and what it teaches, that it has power to change lives. God, that you've chosen it, the foolishness of preaching uh, to save those who will believe. And God, I'm thankful for that. And uh, Lord, I just pray this morning you'd help us to hear what thus saith the Lord is what happened with Lydia. God, I pray that you'd do for us this morning, certainly for the sinner that might be here, God. Would you open their heart that they might attend unto the gospel? And Lord, for the saved person that may be here, God, we still need your work upon our heart that we might receive the truth and carry it out in obedience, Lord. God, I know there's many things that can steal our mind's attention and can steal our focus, but Lord, our, our thoughts can go to different things. But Lord, I pray that for now you'd help us to hear, hear your word, God. Help my voice to fall off and Lord, your voice to be heard. God, I pray that you would be magnified, you would be exalted. And you'd be pleased with everything that's said and done here in the remainder of this service. Lord, I love you and I thank you for loving me. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. And Ethan, you can pull up the picture if you want for people to be looking at. If you have, a, if you have a, probably any copy of the Word of the Lord, it'll have a map in the back of Paul's. This is his second missionary journey. And it's kind of hard to see, but you can see some of the bigger areas that's referred to. Uh, and I'll point them out a little bit more so as, we, as they're referred to in our text. But if you want to look at that, it can help bring stuff to life for you. And just again, see this, this, this is real life. This is a real story. This is a real journey that Paul made. And many of those places that are mentioned, you'll see referred to there on that map. But uh, last week when preacher and the missionary Todd Payne was here, just last Sunday, he was telling us that they're seeing new churches started and established in India. Not because one group in this church gets mad and then comes over here and says, well, we'll start our own church so we can do it our way and do it how we want it done. But these churches are being started because people are being converted, people are being changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then the, the church that's in the area can no longer either serve that congregation due to its size or there's a group of people who could have a more local church that they wouldn't have to travel as far where they don't have the resources that we often have, so for that there's a need, a biblical reason, a need for these churches to be established. Well, the church at Philippi started the same way. The church that, which of course the letter that we'll be studying was written to, it started with one person being saved. And Paul's salvation was very dramatic. When Paul was saved, no one was there preaching him the gospel. No, it wasn't a mom or dad there telling him about Jesus. It wasn't a a missionary that came in to tell him about Jesus. Paul was going towards a city to persecute Christians. And on his journey there, on his path there, Jesus himself showed up. And Jesus showed Paul abundant grace as he has shown us all. And he appeared to him directly. Very dramatic, very memorable, very unique story and testimony that Paul would give of his salvation. But Lydia's testimony that we find in these verses of Scripture is going to be much different. If someone one day were to ask her how she was saved or what her testimony is, she would begin to tell you how she knew that she knew that God existed and she wanted to honor Him as these verses say. She worshipped God. She would tell you that one day she was praying outside of the city at Philippi when a man came and joined their prayer group. He began to tell her about a man named Jesus. And Lydia would have told you how she believed the things that Paul was telling her and she trusted in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So Lydia's testimony exists because someone told her about Jesus. Her testimony would sound like many of ours, where someone along the lines, whether a parent, a grandparent, a pastor, maybe all three combined, were telling us about Jesus. And eventually, we attended under their words and heard the gospel 
of Jesus Christ. But our text this morning reminds us that we can be used in the most amazing thing that takes place in this universe. And that is when a sinner is saved. You and I can play a role in seeing a sinner come to know Christ. Something so amazing that the joy of it even reaches unto heaven. And our heart this morning should long to do anything we can to help lead people toward the Lord Jesus. As Charles Spurgeon said, soul winning should be the main pursuit of every true believer. And if it's going to be our main pursuit, if it's going to be something we have a focus and a care and concern for, we need to know the answer to this question. What part can I play in people being saved? What role has been placed upon me in the salvation of a sinner? Of course, salvation is of the Lord. It is His work. But again, as we see, Paul is used and Lydia is being brought to Christ. So we ask this question, how can I be used? What role can I serve in seeing others brought to Christ? And I want you to notice, first of all, in verses 6 through 10, that we must follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. As I mentioned, you can look at your map uh, as we read through these verses again. If you have, again, probably any Bible, whether it's a study Bible or not, will have maps in the back that you can look at. But you can, So you can follow Paul's journey. And if you notice, he says he was going to go into the region of Galatia. Again, you told you Acts helps bring the New Testament together. Well, there's Galatia. We studied through Galatians. There's the region that that letter was written to. They were going to go into that area and preach. But the Bible tells us in verse number 6 that they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to go there and to preach. Now, it's easy for us to think about the Holy Spirit forbidding us from doing something sinful. It only makes sense for us to sense the restraining voice of the Spirit of God when we are about to act in greed or commit some sort of sexual sin or whatever wicked action we might want to name as a specific example. But it's interesting that here Paul is traveling and he wants to preach the gospel, but the Holy Spirit forbids him and will not allow him to preach in that particular area of Asia. So then Paul keeps traveling. In obedience to the Spirit of God, they come to Mysia. And they're going to go into Bithynia. And if you looked on the map, again, if you're looking at your own map, that was up north. They were going to go into that area and preach the gospel. But again, the Bible says in verse number 7, the Spirit suffered them not. The Spirit would not allow them to go in those areas. And I'm thankful this morning for one aspect of the Spirit's ministry, and it is to guide us. How did the Spirit guide this group? How did He tell them no? We're not told specifically whether He showed up in some kind of direct vision. I mean, there's a vision given in verse number 9 that Paul received the leadership of God in his life. We're not told specifically. Maybe it's just an internal, uh, the internal guidance of the Spirit of God. As we know, He takes up residence and dwells within us. We don't know exactly how He guided them, but we just know the Spirit of God told them no. You cannot go into those areas. Now, I think for you and I and the age in which we live and the day in which we live, should not primarily look to visions, should not primarily look to these other things, but we find the leadership of the Spirit of God in the Scriptures that God has given us. According to 1 Peter and verses 20 and 21, it says this, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved 
by the Holy Ghost. So part of the inspiration of Scripture is, and the authority of Scripture is that the men who wrote were moved by the Holy Ghost. So in the Scripture, we find the leadership of the Spirit of God. If you're not living in obedience to the Scripture, then you're not following the leadership of the Spirit of God. And that's how we seek His leadership. That's how we speak or seek His guidance for our life this morning. When I, I think I've shared before, and when I first went to Tabernacles, the youth pastor, I preached through or we studied through Acts on Wednesday nights. And I looked back at what I'd studied and what I, or what I'd preached to them, and I titled the message, looking at these verses, a controlled lie. And that's the challenge of these verses that we see in Paul exemplifying what a controlled life is. When the Holy Spirit said no, Paul responded in obedience. This is what the Bible teaches us in the New Testament. You see, we live in, you see the exhortation to live full of the Spirit of God. This is what living full of the Spirit of God is when we follow Him. Paul's life is not his own. He's living, living under the authority of God. He's living with sensitivity towards what God wants him to do. I'm certain this morning that the Spirit of God will still lead us and direct us. We must be sensitive enough and mindful enough to follow him. In other words, if the Bible told us that Paul wanted to go into Asia and preach the word, and then verse number 7 said, but Paul went into Asia and preached anyway. All of us would give Paul, a, for lack of better terminology, a hard time about that. We would say, Paul, that's unacceptable. Why would you do that? The Spirit of God told you not to do that. But if we're going to respond to Paul in that way, if he were to do that, why would we excuse the same behavior in our life? To live in disobedience to the Spirit of God. We receive His direction through the Scriptures, through guidance, maybe doors closing or doors opening, maybe the inward drawing or directive of the Spirit of God that gives us a certain path or direction that we're to walk down, we must obey. I want to assure you this morning that God has a plan for your life. God had a plan for Paul, Silas, and Timothy on this journey. And their plan, the plan for them specifically was not to go into Asia and preach, it was not to go into Bithynia and preach, but as we're going to see, it was to go into Macedonia and preach the gospel. God has a way this morning that He desires and intends to use your life to make a difference in this world for His name's sake. But if you don't follow the Spirit of God, if you don't live that controlled life, then your life will not be useful. And your life will not have the impact that Christ intends for it to have. You'll never be all that you can be in Jesus Christ until you allow Him to control your life. If Paul was out doing anything else right now besides this missionary journey, all of us would say, but Paul, look how you could have been used. Look how your life could have made a difference. Paul's about to go and, as we read, lead Lydia to Christ, which is going to lead her family to Christ, which is then going to be the start of a church. I mean, Paul is making a tremendous impact that he would have missed if he was not following the Spirit of God. Paul was able to make a difference because he lived a controlled life under the leadership and authority of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God this morning is to control our life. We're to live in submission and obedience to Him, even when it doesn't make sense. Again, I'd refer you back to your map. If you look, when Paul is 
starting to travel. He's on the east side of, of what would have been Asia. He's forbidden the Holy Spirit to preach there. And what sense does it make for a missionary to go and travel across an entire region and not say a single word? Paul's mind is probably thinking, but Lord, I came to preach the gospel. That's what I'm here to do. Is Lord, you're sending me across this whole span of people, this whole area which you've told me not to share the gospel. Probably didn't make a lot of sense. May not make a lot of sense to you and I this morning, but Paul still obeyed the Spirit of God. I noticed something else here that and how the Spirit sometimes leads. The Spirit of God didn't tell Paul initially where to go. All it tells us is that he was forbidden to go to the region of Galatia. He preached the Word in Asia. He was forbidden. So the Spirit didn't say where to go. He just said, I know I can't go that direction. So then he tried a different direction. Of course, it just makes sense. Well, the Spirit of God don't want me to go there, then I'll go somewhere else. And as he's traveling there, the Spirit of God again in verse number 7, suffered him not, says you can't go that direction either. And it wasn't until verse number 9 and into 10 that Paul gets the direction that he was supposed to go. If you ever feel stuck, what I'm wanting to bring out to you this morning, if you ever feel stuck when it comes to following God's direction, many people would tell you, and I'm sure it's to the sincerity of their heart, they want to follow God's will, they want to follow His direction, but they tell you, I don't know how, I don't know what He wants from me. Well, if you ever feel stuck concerning the will of God, avoid the direction or places that you know God has forbidden you from going. Again, seek the wisdom and the leadership and the guidance of the Spirit of God in the Scriptures, and just don't go where you know you're not supposed to go. And as you begin to travel, and as you begin to move, or as you begin to do, if you're going in a direction or doing something that God would not have you to do, He can make it clear to you. And as He makes His will clear, you follow it as He makes it clear. If you need to be redirected, in other words, He will redirect you. But also we see that the Spirit of God is to control our lives when it changes our own plans. Paul, when this missionary trip started, his intention was to go visit the brethren and see how they were doing in the churches that he established on his first journey. We know for certain, according to verse number 7, Paul had the plan after he was uh, given a different direction from the Spirit of God in verse 6 to go into Bithynia and begin to preach. But the Spirit of God said, no, you cannot go there either. So what I want to tell you this morning is do not ever get to the place to where you don't allow God to change your plans. You might get three years into college thinking you know what you're supposed to do, thinking you have been invested into your degree program for three years and God begins to deal with your heart about a different direction, about a different path. We'll never get to the point or to the place to where you get so stuck in your ways and so stuck in your plan that you will not be mindful of the Spirit of God. We must always allow Him to change our plans when He steps in and says, I have a different direction for you than where you've been going and I have a different path for you to take than what you've been on up to this point. We must be mindful of the direction and guidance of our Father. You might have tried to think through your entire life. You might have tried to think through your plans, and certainly we should do that, try to act with wisdom. But don't get so dedicated to your plan that you reject the plans of God when He makes that clear in your life. And so Paul is probably at the end of verse number 8 thinking, where do I go now? 
tried going two different directions, and I not been I've been forbidden to go in those directions. So he probably goes to sleep one night with this question on his mind: Where do I? Where does God want me to go? Well, then in verse number nine, he does. He has a dream. He has a vision. One night, and there stood a man of Macedonia. Again, to refer to you, Matthew. Look, it's it's a different continent. This is the gospel getting into Europe. Paul has this vision of a man from there and he's saying, come over. I can almost see him waving his hand in this vision saying, come over here. Come over and help us. The word help means to come to the rescue of. I read in one resource that it means to run and meet an urgent distress call. It speaks of a pressing need that demands immediate and earnest help. What kind of help did Paul understand this area to need? I'm sure... Paul went into these areas and I'm sure he, he tried to feed people if he could, tried to clothe people if he could, he tried to do these things, but ultimately, what does Paul do in this journey and every other journey, every other instance that we find the Apostle Paul, what kind of help did he understand the group of the people from Macedonia to need? It was the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had a pressing need. They had an urgent need. And what was the remedy to their need? It was the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I today, church, need to realize, and I pray this morning that God would help us to hear the world, hear, uh, hear the lost around us to give us this same call. Come over here. Come over here and help us. And help us to understand that the help, the real help, the only real help that we have to offer this world is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. recognize this morning that people have a need and that need is the gospel and God has called us to be faithful witnesses for the sake of meeting that need. We should probably all be ashamed that we don't take the wonderful help of the gospel out into the world more often and more faithfully. That we would hear the world just like this Macedonian man telling Paul to come help me, help us. May we sense the world giving us that same call and we would take them not just food, not just clothing, not just other needs that we can meet, but ultimately take in the world the gospel. For that's where real help is found. Eternal help and lasting help. Paul's obedience was crucial. As I mentioned, now the gospel is going to a new continent. As we've said, through Paul's obedience, a church would be established. So our obedience, our obedience this morning is important and of great confidence. And notice what Paul does. He says in verse number 10, after he'd seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Paul didn't think, well, let me get everything lined up first. Let me put things in order. This is, I'm going to a different location. I, this is not where I intended to go. But the Bible says immediately, when Paul received word from Christ, he immediately went to where he was supposed to go. He set aside on that place and began to travel there. And if you notice in verse number 16, it then says, we endeavored to go, which tells us Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke, wrote the book of Acts. And so now we see Luke is joined in with them. Joined in on this traveling missionary trip. I'm thankful this morning that the Spirit of God has a way of making His direction clear. Because Paul was able to say after these two instances where he was told not to go here and not to go there, now he says we assuredly gather. 
where we assuredly conclude that the Lord has called us for to preach the gospel unto them. So Paul could take off towards Macedonia and say, I know that this is where I'm supposed to be and I know this is where the Spirit of God would have me to go. And I'm thankful this morning that when you face decisions in life, when you face times where things are unclear, the Spirit of God has a way of making our path and our direction clear. And we can do things in life. We can take directions in life. We can make steps in life with assured, being assured that it is what we are supposed to do by seeking the leadership of the Spirit of God and following Him. We can make decisions in our life with assurance. So this morning, Christians cannot carry the prideful, arrogant attitude that says nobody's going to tell me what to do. When you say that, when you have that mentality, you're saying that the only one who will control my life is myself. And here and other places in Scripture, we're confronted with the fact that the Word of God teaches us over and over again the exact opposite. That you and I are to live a life that is in complete submission to the Spirit of God. For many people, the idea of a controlled life has a negative ring to it. It doesn't sound too appealing. Many people would say, why would I want to live a controlled life? Sounds like the life of a prisoner or a slave. But I can assure you this morning, you will not experience the full blessing and splendor of living the Christian life until you live a controlled life. In fact, you will not have an eternally useful life until you live a controlled life, a life in submission to the Spirit of God. Paul could have went on into Asia and been fruitless. Paul could have went into Bithynia and been fruitless. But he followed the Spirit of God and he became fruitful. And his life had an impact. And then we see in verses 11 through 15 that if we want to have, serve a role in seeing people come to Christ, we must pray for God to open hearts. So Paul has set his side on Macedonia and he's going there. Verse 11, Therefore, Lucy from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, some islands. If you look again at your map, I'll challenge you to do that at some point. It'll help, again, make all this come to life for you, and you can follow Paul as he's traveling. And he, he, he goes, stops at some of those islands, and he ends up in Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia in a colony. And he says, we're in that city abiding certain days. I want you to think about the fact that I don't know exactly how many days this is that Paul was there, but nothing substantial changed on the day that these missionaries arrived in Philippi. This morning, and I say that to say, you may feel like you're following the Holy Ghost and God's will for your life. You're doing what God wants you to do. You feel like you have given, been given a specific direction from God and you're doing what He wants. But nothing much seems to be happening. Maybe you were expecting, in other words, when you followed God... You, your life would help be the spark of a revival or people around you, many people around you would begin to get saved, but maybe you're serving the Lord or you stepped into a Sunday school class and it seems like it's not been fruitful so far, you haven't gained any people, you, you just seem like maybe there's not been much fruitfulness, maybe you're discouraged. When Paul first went into Philippi, nothing changed initially. And if that's your situation this morning, don't doubt and don't begin to question God. If you are certain you are where you need to be, trust Him and remain faithful. Because you're exactly where you need to be. 
It was a certain amount of days, the Bible tells us, until Paul saw the fruit of his obedience. And it may be the same for you. So just follow God and trust the end with Him. If you're not seeing fruit of your obedience, just keep being obedient. But Paul, as he's there in the city those certain days, you can almost, I just get the mindset that Paul's probably in those few days getting invested in the town, probably in the city, probably getting to know people, getting to figure out how things operate there, probably building relationships. And somehow or another, he must have heard about this group of ladies who are meeting outside the city. In verse number 13. The reason they did, as I read, uh, a city had to have, if there was 10 Jewish males, they would start a synagogue. So apparently they didn't have that, even 10 Jewish individuals, or there would have been a synagogue that she could have, they would have met in. So they didn't have that, so they went outside of the city to meet together and have prayer together. And this is significant as well. I've read in, uh, in studying that the Pharisees had a saying that went like this, God, I thank thee, I am not a Gentile, nor a slave, nor a woman. And Warren Wiersbe quotes the rabbis of the day as saying, it is better that the words of the law be burned than be delivered to a woman. I'm glad this morning that God doesn't think like man does. It reminds us today, and as we see Paul going to speak the gospel to this group of women that if that was the mindset of the day, then we are confronted this morning once again with the fact that the gospel of God is for all people. It knows no bounds. People may have prejudices and people may say this person will not be able to receive the gospel and this person shouldn't be preached the gospel. But you and I are confronted over and over again with the fact in Scripture that the gospel is for those who will hear and receive the truth of God's Word. It is for the most undeserving. It is for those that society might look at and say they're unworthy, they're undeserving. That's who the gospel is for. He came not to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. Those that are sick or those that are whole don't need the physicians. Those who are sick. So if you feel unworthy today, if you feel undeserving, the gospel's for you. I'm glad also that God knows what we need better than we do ourselves. This group of ladies, the Bible says they're worshiping God. They're doing a good thing. They're out. They're praying together. But they did not know Christ. They did not know the gospel. They did not know the truth. This lady must have wanted to honor God. She must have had reverence for God in her heart. The Bible specifically tells us that she worshiped God. They're there praying together. They've set aside time to go and pray together. But still, she did not have the gospel. They maybe didn't realize what they were missing. They maybe didn't realize what their life needed, but God did. I'm thankful that God knows best. This little group of ladies may have felt isolated, at least especially when they thought back after the event and looked back on this specific instance. Maybe their heart rejoiced in the fact that they may have been on the riverside by a river where only there was just a few of them gathered, but God knew where they were. And God sent a Paul. Think about where Paul came from. Again, if you look at your map, I'm going to keep referring to that. But look at his journeys. Where he started, where he ended up in Macedonia. At the city of Philippi, down by the river, outside of the city. God took Paul from where he was, across the continent, to preach the gospel to this lady.
glad God knows exactly where we are and what we need. Bible, those, the text goes on, singles out one particular woman that was there. Her name was Lydia, according to verse number 14. I'm assuming it was not Lydia Dancy. But she's there. She's a seller of purple, which means she probably had a lot of money. Again, all the, I, this stuff brings the text alive for me. Purple is the color of wealth. So it means she probably had a lot of money. Because she'd have been selling to people with money. And so people didn't have a lot of money, couldn't buy a product, which is why in verse number 40, if you look in verse number 40, they went out of the prison. Of course, there's a lot of context there, but they entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. There's the church gathered in her house. And her house is probably big enough to house all these people because she's a seller of purple. She has money. And in verse number 40, there's the church coming together, meeting in her house. So it makes sense. She's got a large house. She has money. She's of the city of Thyatira. She worshiped God as we refer to her. The Bible says whose heart the Lord opened. So when Paul met with them, the Bible tells us that they began to speak unto the women that were resorted there in verse number 13. Paul wasn't interested in small talk, or at least if he started there, he, he eventually took them to the gospel. The Bible tells us very plainly that the Lord had opened her heart. The word open means to open the mind of one or cause one to understand the thing according to the Thyre's Greek lexicon. Be sure of this this morning. When a sinner is saved, God is at work in the person's heart. The reason that the gospel was not going in one ear and out the other of this lady is because, the, is because God had opened her heart. As the ESV study Bible says, it is the supernatural work of God and not the wisdom or persuasiveness of the preacher that ultimately draws people to Christ. God's sovereignty this morning does not come to a stopping point with salvation. Sinners can hear the gospel week in and week out and never do anything about it. But when God begins to open the heart, when God begins to convict, the indifference of an individual towards the gospel will be conquered. Lydia here didn't need 37 verses of just as I am to be saved. She didn't need some heightened emotional experience. What Lydia needed as a sinner was God to open her heart that she might attend unto the gospel of Jesus Christ. What we need today and what, what keeps the gospel from going in one ear and out the other is the work of God going on in someone's heart. And that's why I say our role can be pray that God would open the hearts of sinners to receive and hear and attend unto the gospel. Think about my own life. I grew up in church, heard the gospel every Sunday, every Wednesday at home, had grandparents that talked to me about Jesus every single day of my life. But it was always going in one ear and out the other until the Lord began to be at work in my heart. And anyone who's truly been saved, it is the work of God. But I want you to know this morning, if you, if you want to be saved, you must attend unto the gospel that Paul spoke. What did he preach unto her? I don't know in this specific instance. We hear Paul's presentation of the gospel in different places. In Ephesians 2, Paul 
presents the gospel like this. He says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And in Galatians, Paul preaches the gospel by saying, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. If you want to be saved this morning, if you want to know what it is to have eternal life in Jesus Christ and be justified by the graciousness and the perfection of Jesus Christ, then you must attend unto the gospel. You must hear it and give it uh, observation and give it attention this morning. The gospel, don't let the gospel go in one ear and out the other. Don't disregard the message. If you want to be saved, you have to attend unto it. You have to hear it and respond to it. Believe this morning that 2,000 years ago Jesus made an eternal transaction for you in which He took your sin from you and He will give you His perfect righteousness. Cling to nothing but Jesus. Recognize today that you are guilty and defiled as a sinner, but if you will trust Christ, you will realize that at Calvary He took all of your guilt and all of your sin. Don't let the gospel go in one ear and out the other. And that for this instance, for Lydia, it was not that, it wasn't, that wasn't the case any longer. The gospel pierced her heart. The gospel left its impact. This morning, maybe the Spirit of God is dealing with you. Well, if so, attend unto the things which are spoken of to us by Paul, which is the gospel. Look to Jesus. In verse 15 we see what happens when a genuine saving work of God takes place. Lydia followed her conversion with baptism. When she was baptized, it says, in her household. So Lydia led others to Christ. Lydia led her household to Christ, which tells us she either probably wasn't married or her husband had passed away because she is given that, she's in that position of leading her family. And her husband is not mentioned. Lydia also gave evidence of genuineness. Lydia's life bore fruit. Her life revealed a change. Specifically, Lydia longed for Christian fellowship. She begged them. The word basalt means saying, if you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. Stay with me. When she says, if you've judged me to be faithful, she's saying, if you, have, if you look at me and you, you determine that I'm genuine, that I'm real, then please stay with me. You've all seen those people that's so hospitable and so, so kind, they won't take no for an answer. Now, that's the picture I get of Lydia. She won't let them leave. You've probably been to people's houses like that. She said, no, I won't take no for an answer. And when, they, when she said that, the Bible says she constrained us. They couldn't really argue with that. That they had seen genuineness in her life. They seen a reality to her profession of faith in Jesus Christ. If we really meet Jesus, and if we really know Him, there will be a change, and there will be fruits, there will be evidence that we know Him. If we know this morning that God is to control our lives and we're to yield ourselves to Him, 
It's comforting to know that we can trust Him. In other words, many people have looked to GPSs that lead them astray, that take them down some crazy roads or take them the long way around to get to where they need to be. Well, what if following God was like that? The following God was like a GPS that sometimes leads you, leads you astray. Sometimes takes you in a direction that you don't need to go. Well, as we look at these verses, we're reminded that following God is never like that. That we can trust Him. We can trust His leadership. Now that Paul is at the end of this situation, if you will, staying in this woman's house, it probably all made sense why he couldn't go to Asia at the time. Why he couldn't go to Bithynia. God had a lady named Lydia that he was going to save on another continent. And so now at the end of verse number 15, that probably makes sense to him. But as he was following the Spirit of God and trying to live that controlled life, maybe he wondered, why not? Why can I not preach here? And why can I not go there? But now it makes sense. So remember this morning that God knows best, that you can follow Him, and know that at the end of the day, His direction is always, always right and always for the better. We know this morning for certain that we cannot save anyone. But as we see in the life of Paul here specifically, that God has chosen to allow us to play a part in the salvation of sinners. And as we stand together this morning, our musicians can come around and um, prepare for a song of invitation. But our part, as we look at Paul in these verses, is to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And if we are doing that, we will be witnesses. As He has written to us in the Scriptures. We'll also be praying that God would open hearts that they might receive the truth. And knowing your role is one thing. Knowing what you should do is only half of it. But carrying out your role is where many of us fail. It's not enough to just know that you know what you should do as a soul winner. It's doing it. I ask you this morning, do you have enough faith in God's saving grace and His saving power that you would apply Acts 16 to your life? That you would tell people about Jesus. That you would spend time praying for them. That when they hear the gospel, it wouldn't go in one ear and out the other. But it would leave its mark upon their heart. And they would attend unto the gospel. And if you're here this morning and you've never attended to it, you've heard it, you could maybe tell me what the gospel is, but you've never attended, you've never given it at attention. Well, this morning the Scriptures have spoken to you. Attend unto the gospel. Hear what the Lord tells you and respond to it. As Mark comes around and leads us, if you need to come to the altars this morning, they're open for you. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.